Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. I'm Dustin Harder. My latest book, Epic Vegan, Wild and Over-the-Top Plant-Based Recipes, is available now everywhere books are sold. It was so fun meeting you last night at your book party. The oh, burger. So oh, my God. It was um, so much fun. I have to talk about the burger. It was over-the-top fantastic. <laughs> I have a photo of it on my Instagram, but can you describe it? Yes. Oh, of course. Last night we had at the launch party the uh, bacon macaroni and cheese barbecue blue burger. And uh, I partnered with Beyond Meat, who's been doing lots of great stuff lately. So we used them for the plant-based patty. Um, and it was a double-decker burger. So you had the burger, blue cheese dressing, lettuce, onion, tomato, pickles, and then uh, bacon macaroni and cheese, which is basically uh, mac and cheese with my quinoa bacon bits from the book mixed into it, some pickles on the burger as well, and then topped that with a little barbecue sauce. And it looked like it would be heavy, but it wasn't. It doesn't just like sit in your stomach. It was super light. I'm happy to hear that. It was interesting. Um, the I, ha- I ended up having one at the end of the night. I was like, there was like two left, and I was like, "Can you please hold one for me?" Um, and I was I was so excited, and I ate it too, and I felt the same way. I was so so happy. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't feel like stuffed. I feel satisfied." <laughs> so Great. I I even saw Chloe Coscarelli. Yeah, that's and my girl. I love her so much. I heard somewhere that you started out as her intern. I did. So we both went to the Natural Gourmet Institute. And um, at the end of your, and she went several years before me. And at the end of the chef's training program there, there was a uh, hundred hour internship period. And um, I started working with her. I recipe tested some, as an intern with her, uh, lots of stuff for her restaurant endeavors. And then I also did for the last two cookbooks, I recipes tested stuff with her. Yeah. And she's been the most supportive beautiful light in my life ever since. She's always been very encouraging and has become a a great friend and I'm very grateful for her. First off, give me the backstory of your decision to go vegan and how long have you been living a plant-based lifestyle? Yeah, it's been uh, uh, 10 years and I essentially did it because I was, I, I mean, I just grew up in the Midwest and food was just a way of, you know, all the things, like all the fast food restaurants and all that stuff like that. And as I was getting older, I was like, I want to maintain my weight. What's another way maybe? And I started reading and when I I started realizing, oh, I could like switch this out with that, you know, plant-based products for that. I started just trying things, sort of trial and error. And I noticed I started losing a little bit of weight. So then I I went full plant-based and definitely saw a difference, not just in my weight, but in how I felt and how I was sleeping, all of the things everybody talks about. It all became true. My skin looked better, everything. And I was just like, whoa, there's really something to this. Um, And then I got into cooking with it because I got obsessed with sort of veganizing comfort foods that we, everyone goes, oh, well, if I go vegan, I can't have cheese. I can't have macaroni and cheese. I can't have pizza. I can't, they all, everyone says I can't, can't, can't. Um, and I was sort of determined when I went vegan to be like, no, that's not the case. Like we can still have all of the delicious food. So that's how it spiraled into the cooking arena. So talking about comfort food, Epic Vegan is all yes. about comfort <laughs> food. Where did you get the inspiration to write an over the top vegan cookbook? Well, there's two things. there's different variations. The main thing that happened was I started 
looking, it, it goes back on what saying, oh, well, people can still have these foods that they don't think they can have. So that's always been inspiring to sort of like create foods that people think that they can't have. Because um, in the book, there's also some recreations of like the Doritos Los Tacos. So like the fast food um, sort of arena there, there's a recipe for cray cray bed, which is the little Caesar's crazy bread, essentially. Um, so recreating some things that I knew people thought they couldn't have anymore was some inspiration for it. But then also that crazy big boom of over the top milkshakes happened like a year or two ago. And I always look at those and I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. Like you can't eat this milkshake. There's a a cake and a brownie and, you know, a, a volcano of stuff sitting on top of it. Like how does someone even tackle that? And I was like, well, what if we create something that like still looks sort of big, but then people can actually eat as well. Um, and that's sort of, the milkshakes sort of pushed this along. And then truth be told, I was pushing this proposal idea around with my literary agent and I got on a a flight one day, uh, about a a year and a half ago, I guess. And there was a big article about over the top milkshakes on the in-flight magazine. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. I'm going to take this as a sign. I'm going to move forward with this. So I did it. And I still have that magazine to this day. I look at it and I'm like, look what you did, you crazy milkshake. (laughs) And you had one last night at the party. Yeah, we definitely, I, I, it, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it had to have a milkshake that night and I just had to choose which one. I was like, oh my gosh, which milkshake are we going to do though? But um, the, you know, cookie, it was the ultimate caramel cookie brownie milkshake we did last night. And everyone's always happy with salted caramel milkshakes and brownies and cookies. So we went for it. Tell me about your original series called The Vegan Roadie. Oh, my baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was born out of, so my background's in theater, and I took a break from theater, and after I did a Broadway show and I went to culinary school, the whole time going, why am I here, knowing I was going back out on the road in uh, six months from then. And then as the job was coming up to go on the road, I was like, I'm going to mesh the two together. I'm going to put food and then create this series when I'm on the road that's the vegan version of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So that's sort of how the vegan roadie was born. And it was all with, there's this stigma around vegetism, 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 um, stigma around being vegan, especially at the time. And it happened to me when I first went vegan, you know, a lot of people judge vegans in the vegan community tend to be judgmental on how you're going vegan and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And, oh, but you're still doing this. So you're not fully vegan. And like, the fact is, people are going to go at their own pace and people are going to try things when we're nice to them. So I thought, how can I create something that is accessible and welcoming and tells anybody if they just try a meatless meal that like, Hey, they're making a choice to try something meatless. And that's positive, you know, regardless of anything else they're doing, like that's a positive step. So I wanted to highlight the cuisine that was coming up in America. I mean, now it's, it's exploded even more, but at the time in 2014, when I started, there were all these fantastic um, restaurants and most of them are mom and pop owned, which is so cool to see. And it's all people creating these businesses with amazing plant-based food that just want to see change in the world and be part of the change and create something better for people to eat. And so I set out on this path to create this series. Um, and it was it meeting the people and eating the food was amazing. But we did three seasons, two seasons in North America and the third season we did in Italy. So it's all up on YouTube for people to watch for free. You even found lots of vegan food in my hometown, Kansas City. I was shocked. Oh my gosh, we did. Do you know what is, what's been interesting about filming something like that though is in some cities, some things have closed, but I will say, and in Kansas City, like two of the restaurants we filmed and they've closed, but now more other, other ones have opened. So 
what used to happen back in the day is a vegan place would close and everybody would go, oh, shame, nobody's ready for it. Now one closes and it's like the vegan army rallies and like they're like, no, no, we're ready. We want this. Let's do more. And people come. So there's more stuff opening in Kansas City now. So it keeps going no matter what. So in every episode, you also do a five ingredient challenge. I thought that was so clever. Thank you. That was uh, that goes again with my my main mission to bridge the gap between vegans and non-vegans and show that vegan eating is fun but also accessible. So it wasn't my point was never, hey, I can cook with five ingredients in my hotel room. You should cook in your hotel room. It was like, if I'm doing this in my, my hotel room, you can definitely do it at home. Like you can get five ingredients and make something super delicious that's plant-based as well. Talk a little bit about stunt foods and what they are. So Epic Vegan is full of stunt foods. And if you think of like, well, so one perfect example I already brought up is the Doritos Los Tacos at Taco Bell. So that's a combination of the Dorito shell from Dorito brand and and Taco Bell taco, essentially. So that's a stunt food. In the book, I think I compare it to stunt casting on Broadway when, you know, I'm always mashing my two worlds together. But like (laughs) when, you know, if a musical were to bring in I don't know. Back in the day, like if they were to bring in someone like Paris Hilton, who's clearly not that talented, sorry, Paris, but is going to bring in a draw of tickets from her reality show and stuff like that. That's stunt casting. So I always sort of relate it to that. And in these foods, it's like, we're going to sell more tacos at Taco Bell by bringing in the Dorito shells. So those are super fun and popular and people love them and it heightens interest. And um, I wanted to create something a way for people to do it at home. So it shouldn't just always be at the restaurant. I think it's fun to get in the kitchen with people and say, how can we make this big over the top thing? You know, there's a, one of the craziest ones in the book, cause it's about crazy ideas too. Not just always bringing Paris Hilton into the mix, you know? Um, <laughs> thank God. So, right, right. But, um, the, uh, there's a, a bacon cinnamon roll peanut butter burger in there, like things like that. So it became like, okay, how do I combine like the craziest things? So that's sort of what a stunt food is too. Combining sweet and savories together. There's a pad thai cupcake in there. Um, all that sort of stuff like that. There's a French onion, uh, uh, pasta bake instead of a French onion soup. So sort of looking at recipes and deconstructing them and saying, okay, we love these like really hearty, robust onion flavors. How can we transfer that into something else someone loves besides just soup, you know, and putting it into a pasta, um, all that sort of thing like that. Just like really sort of taking things outside of the box, deconstructing them and putting them back together in a different way. So this cookbook is a choose your own adventure sort of good time. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, that's my favorite part. I was so nervous about creating a book that had, okay, well, you've got to like layer this on top of this and top of this. So it was important for me. Again, my first book's called Simply Vegan, and it's full of recipes you can make in like 30 minutes, right? So great. That book's been done. It's out there. I'm not the only one. Lots of people have done it. But I knew I had to do that before I went on to this book. But in this book, it was still important for me to create some recipes that made it accessible and easy no matter what. So there's two ways you can choose your own adventure. You can either go to one of the first three chapters and make like just the Philly cheesesteak. So you can make a delicious Philly cheesesteak sandwich that you can make in like eh, about 25 minutes maybe. Or you can take it further and you can make some pizza dough and make a Philly cheesesteak pizza. Or you can make, there's a bowl in there for a Philly cheesesteak baked potato bowl, which is this delicious bowl full of kale and baked potatoes and the cheese sauce and the Philly cheesesteak filling. Um... So you can choose your own adventure by either, you know, hey, I'm just going to make this Philly cheesesteak tonight, or you're going to make one of the epic options. Or you can also go the store-bought route. For example, like the book that are the burger we've talked about already that we served last night and is on the cover, the bacon, macaroni, and cheese barbecue blue burger. 
got the burger. It's got the mac and cheese. It's got the bacon. It's got all that stuff. It's got barbecue from scratch, blue cheese from scratch. Guess what? All of that stuff is now available, vegan versions, in stores. So you can either make all of those things from scratch from the book or you can choose your own adventure. And I applaud this just as much as I do making things from scratch, especially in the vegan world. Go into the supermarket, get a burger, get the vegan blue cheese dressing, get the barbecue sauce, get the vegan boxed mac and cheese, get the vegan bacon, and then you can make it all that way as well. So you have options in terms of like how involved you actually want to get. You can choose your own adventure. That's so smart. And last night when I was waiting in line for this burger, I was looking at everything that the um, orchard grocer had. And they have so many great options now that I don't think were around like maybe even one or two years ago. Like I saw so, caviar. Yeah, it, it just keeps the vegan world just keeps exploding with options for everybody. And it's the coolest thing to sort of watch. Since I started, you know, 10 years ago, vegan, but, you know, 2014, I started vegan roadie and I've gotten to know all of these businesses and companies sort of producing all of these wonderful things. And not only do they keep making their products better, other people keep popping up. And there's a great sense in this vegan community of like um, community versus competition. Like we're not here trying to squeeze you out. We're here trying to lift each other up. Like I've met owners of two different cheese brands who promote each other and they're like, oh, you may like theirs better. You may like mine better, but at least like we've got this plant-based version available for you. So there's this sort of love that's in all of those products too. That's you can't really, you know, it's not out there in, in just your run of the mill products that you're getting at the grocery store. You know, you are a Mac and cheese crazy person. What- yes. What is the key to creamy, delicious vegan mac and cheese? I feel like it's hard to make. Drum roll, please. Yeah. (laughs) It can be. I think for me, I need to have, I always need to have that little sharp quality in my mac and cheese. Um, And that's something that I've always sort of been trying to find. I mean, the cheese sauce in this book uh, has been through the ringer in terms of testing. And I've had so many people try it. And... I'm grateful. I feel like this one, I've made, I I have lots that I love. Even in the first book, I have another one that I love, but this one really, really came out to what I like. And my secret in this one is actually there's sauerkraut and it adds this sort of like zest and this little punch to it. And then also Dijon mustard, but then you want to get like a little bit of a sweet flavor in there and a salty flavor in there. So it's really balancing all of those flavors to get like a nice, smooth, robust sort of cheesy flavor at the end. Let's talk about jackfruit. (laughs) (laughs) i love that you're like okay now we're gonna bring this down we're gonna talk about jackfruit let's do it let's talk about it okay so i had it for the first time a few weeks ago at a place called urban vegan kitchen here in the west village yes yes and it was so good and the quesadilla but wait you don't like it how come (laughs) well i actually i have grown to like it um it depends on how it's prepared. I actually haven't had the one there, but I do love their stuff there. So I have no doubt it's delicious. Um, if you get it from the actual fruit to me, sometimes it tends to be a little too mushy. I need there to be texture to it. And this is over again. This is why I always say to people in the beginning, when you're trying, not even the beginning, as you go through it, like trial and error, it's vegan food is just like normal food. You're not going to like all of it. So people who are not vegan sometimes try vegan food and they're like, oh, well, I didn't like that. So I can't like vegan food. And I'm like, no, just try something else. So for me, it was the same thing with jackfruit. I was like, oh, it's terrible. I can't stand it. But I kept going back to it. 
And eventually there was a place in Kansas City where I had a barbecue jackfruit sandwich. She was like, you have to have it. It's the best one you'll ever had. She's like, we invented the jackfruit. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but I'll certainly try it. I know. And I saw was, I saw that episode yeah. and I saw her say that. And I was like, mm, I'm not. It's a pretty, sure. big, pretty big claim, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, but then I had it and it was absolutely delicious. And the trick that I think I learned in that is that For me, when I make it now, I always make it from the can. It's been in brine, and I sear it up in the saucepan so that it gets some texture and crispiness to it. Um, And then sometimes I'll also put in some mushrooms with it to to give it just a little bit of a heartier texture as well. Um, So I don't – I no longer dislike it. I just – I'm a little picky about it, I guess you could say. I'm a little little jackfruit finicky. (laughs) What's a vegan trend that may not be on our radar yet? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. That's a very good question. Um, I think it's the caviar that I saw last night. Oh, well, I mean, there's so many things. Absolutely. The caviar. Um, I just feel like there's got to be more that I can think of that's like not, you know, the big ones are like yogurt and cheese. Those have been exploding. And obviously the meat alternatives have been bananas. There is a new burger coming out called Uncut and it is delicious. I just tried it at the plant-based expo a month or so ago. And it was, I, it might've been better than the impossible and beyond burger. Um, and I don't know if they're going to do just service or if it's going to be available in stores, but it's so, so good. Um, what I would like to see more of, and there were a couple, but I, the one I saw went off the shelves and I know it sounds silly cause it's cheese, but I would like a, a ready available, like vegan cheese sauce that I can just use with like everything that I can pick up at the store. They have them, but they're few and far between. It's summertime. And we're yeah. all about lobster rolls. What mm-hmm. is your trick to a good vegan lobster roll? So that one, we've got one in the book. And again, that just like the cheese sauce, that one went through the ringer. It almost, there were times I pulled it out because I was like, I just don't feel good about this yet. Um, with, I say, I use the dulse in it, which is like a seaweed, but I would, um, you have to let the flavor set to marinate. If you can let that sucker sit overnight, it's going to be so much better for it in the next day. And that's kind of with any sort of, when you're trying to mimic any sort of seafoody thing like that, I feel like, um, where you can't like, it, it has to be marinated for some time, you know? And so you can enjoy that lobster roll in the book, like right after you make it or a few hours after, but if you're able to let it sit overnight and all of those spices, old Bay is always a great one and all of that seafoody stuff. Um, then you can, uh, the flavors really meld together overnight. It's delicious. Do you have a favorite recipe out of this cookbook? Oh, and I also just want to say to toast your buns. When you're making oh, toast anything. Toast your buns. Toast your buns, boo. You got to toast your buns for your burgers, toast your <laughs> buns for your lobster rolls, put a little vegan butter on there or a little spritz of canola oil and toast that sucker. It makes any sandwich 500 times better. And I'm sorry, that was my sidetrack. What was the question you asked me? <laughs> That's going to be the name of my next novel, Toast Your Buns. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> It'll sell. What's your favorite recipe in this cookbook, if you have one? Ugh. The tough questions. Okay. There's, I do. It's called the almost famous buffalo chicken lasagna. And it is exactly, it's like a buffalo chicken dip in lasagna form. So it's got a tofu blue cheese ricotta, um, seitan chicken in it, and then the buffalo sauce from the buffalo cauliflower bites just in it and delicious and baked. And then with uh, vegan mozzarella cheese, it's so, so good. And it's not too spicy. It just has like a little bit of kick. So you're getting like some sweet in there, savory, and then a little bit of spice. 
Um, it's one of my favorites. And then a second one is actually, if I may, um, another pasta dish. It's, uh, uh, and when we filmed in Italy, my fiance, David was with me and, um, we were obsessed with the carbonara. We kept, we had it like two, three different places, vegan carbonara. Everyone was very proud of their vegan carbonara. So when we got home, we tried really hard to recreate it. So it's called David's Carby Carbonara in the book. So that's two of my favorites are the pasta ones, but I I really do. I love them all. Okay, are you going back on Broadway anytime soon? No, 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 no. So I was an actor for a long time, and then I worked with Rescue Animals um, with uh, Bill Berloni, who does all animal training for like Broadway film and television. Um, and so that was sort of my last... Uh, I did that for about six years, and I was acting and doing the dogs. And now... I love it. I want to, we're moving to Atlanta actually. And I'm, I'm thinking when I get back to, um, so I don't say no in a bad way. Um, I say more so that like when I get to Atlanta, I'm thinking I might like dip my toe back in the theater world a little bit just because in New York, the stakes always feel so high. So I'm, I'm wondering if in Atlanta it might, it might not feel so so much like a pressure cooker if I'm auditioning and stuff. I used to get really high, high anxiety with auditioning and everything. So I'm not saying theater's ever done because it's definitely a part of everything I do. It's part of the books. It's part of the series, you know. Um, but uh, definitely not auditioning for to be on the great white way anytime soon. Now to my segment called My Last Meal. What would you have mm. for your last supper? Okay. It's going to sound so basic, but... It's it's where I live. I would have like the most delicious slice of vegan cheese pizza. Would you make it or would you get it somewhere? I would make it. I would absolutely make it. I want to say mac and cheese. You know I want to say mac and cheese. So now I'm struggling <laughs> with, well, do I do the like the macaroni and cheese? There's a macaroni and cheese pizza in the book. I'm like, so maybe I do that so I can have both. Let's just say both so that I feel a little calmer about this answer. We're going to say the macaroni and cheese pizza, which is a Frank's and, Frank's and Mac pizza, basically. is the uh, hot dogs and macaroni and cheese on pizza, basically. Final answer? Final answer. Frank's and Mac pizza from Epic Vegan. <laughs> Where can we find you on the web and social media? Yes, please. You can find me at veganroadie.com. And I'm going out on a book tour, so there's lots of dates there over the summer. Um, it's under the book tour tab. And then on social media, uh, on everywhere, at The Vegan Roadie. When it's all said and done, cooking is about joy. And I'm so thrilled that you came on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book Podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.